Rework by Jason Fried and David Heinemeyer Hansen. One sentence summary. Rework shows you that you need less than you think to start a business. Way less. By explaining why plans are actually harmful, how productivity isn't a result of working long hours, and why hiring and seeking investors should be your absolute last resort. My favorite quote from the authors is, When you don't know what you believe, everything becomes an argument. Everything is debatable. But when you stand for something, decisions are obvious. Jason Fried and David Heinemeyer Hansen. I picked this one up from Entrepreneur on Fire's top 15 business book list, as recommended by over 350 of their guests. They compiled the books that were recommended more than four times and ended up with 15 solid picks, one of which was this one. The author, Jason Fried, is the co-founder of Basecamp, which was the first Ruby on Rails, a programming language, application ever, originally created by co-author David Heinemeyer Hansen. Today, some of the world's most popular sites and apps run on Rails, such as Twitter, GitHub, or even Shopify. Basecamp is also the name of their project management and collaboration software, giving teams everything they need to get stuff done, from chats to message boards, to-dos, timelines, reminders, and folders. It's over 10 years old already, but thanks to keeping his company lean throughout the years, Jason has managed to grow it into a multi-million dollar software product. In 2010, he and his co-author decided to publish some of the principles they relied on to run Basecamp, until 2014 the company was called 37signals, and Rework was born. Here are three great lessons about starting a business from the book. 1. Take a stand for something you believe in and then pick a fight with an incumbent. 2. Screw big corporate marketing. Stay honest, personal and nimble. 3. Don't let long hours and meetings prevail. They actually hurt productivity. Ready to rework your approach to business? Let's go! Rework Lesson 1. Take a stand for something you believe in and then pick a fight with a competitor. This answers the question, what is the best way a new business can cause a commotion when they first enter the market? If you're going to start a business, please, please, please do it right. Don't be one of those people who spout off ideas over lunch like, oh yeah, we're going to build this fitness app and in 2-3 years we'll sell it to CrossFit and that should be a sweet exit, dude. Trust me, if selling your business is your only goal, don't even start, because you'll never get there. Instead, why not build something you really want to see in the world? Something you can be incredibly proud of, something you want to take a stand for, a thing worth fighting for. For example, can you imagine walking into McDonald's and hearing the slogan, we believe in fresh food? I hardly think so. Everyone knows the burgers sometimes sit there for hours and occasionally look like they imploded. If you really believe in fresh food, like Vinnie's Sub Shop in Chicago, you'll probably do what they do and close up shop in the afternoon because the bread will just never be as fresh as it was in the morning. Now, that's something to be proud of. Plus, taking a stand will make it easy to pick a fight with a competitor, which in turn will help you put you on people's map. If you hate the 7-minute workout app and think any good workout takes at least 30 minutes, then that's something you can build upon, and people might agree with. Rework Lesson 2. Screw big corporate marketing, stay honest, personal, and nimble. This answers the question, how can companies with a small budget do big company-style marketing? 
Founded in 1998, Milestone Systems is a global industry leader in open platform IP video management software. With support for the widest choice in network hardware and integration with other systems, Xprotect provides best-in-class solutions to video, enable organizations, managing risks, protecting people and assets, optimizing processes and reducing costs. Yuck! Don't you fall asleep hearing this? Took me two seconds to find via Google, so this is a common problem. No matter how small, companies always want to sound like big corporations. For the love of God, why? Nobody understands this complicated jargon. If anything, it makes you sound pretentious. Instead, write like you talk to a friend and just be honest. Take this email I sent out yesterday, for example. Heyo, it's Nick here with an apology. My most recent guest post on Productivityist went live right when I was on vacation. But the bonuses didn't. You're getting this email because you signed up after May 11th, when the post was published or previously signed up for the bonus to my post from last year. That's as specific as I can track it. All bonuses for the new posts are now up and running. To make it easy for you, I thought I'd shoot you a quick recap with both posts and all bonuses. I screwed up, so guess what? I apologized. No fancy buzzwords needed. So forget marketing like the big guys. Rework lesson 3. Forget long hours in meetings, they hurt productivity. This answers the question, what should your company's productivity approach be? Is the 40-hour workweek really so bad? The only thing that happens when someone stays late at the office is that the rest of the office feels bad for not doing the same. Don't even try to convince yourself that those late night hours are really productive. You know they're not. So, instead of promoting a culture of overtime, start by cutting away the things that interrupt people during focused work. Imagine how much your employees can get done when they just work on one thing for 2-3 to three hours. So, don't fret over emails left unanswered for a while or when someone can't make a meeting. After all, a 10-person meeting that lasts 1 hour means 10 hours of focused work time just went down the drain. Give people the space they need to get the things done that really matter and then interrupt them as little as possible. That way, everyone can go home at 5 and still get a lot done. Here's what I learned from Rework by Jason Fried and David Heinemeyer Hansen. I haven't started a startup, but if I were to, I would probably read and reread all the, th I think, three books they have by now. Rework, Remote, and I forget the other one. Um, but I would probably soak up all the books that these guys wrote. They write a lot on Medium too, by the way. At least Jason Freed does. Um, check him out on medium.com. He writes articles every week. Really, really cool. Because that's, it feels so, I don't know, calm and at the same time sustainable. And just there's a lot of common sense in the approaches these guys take to work. So th that's something I really respect and admire. I just want to say that up front. Now, um, let's talk a little more about the lessons. So, number one, taking a stand for something you believe in. Honestly, this is really hard for me too. I like to sometimes, writing on Quora this year helped me a lot in polarizing more because I have strong opinions of a lot of things actually. And But I would always in conversation sort of like water them down and like wishy-washy share them, you know, to not offend anybody. Now I'm like, fuck that actually that's a very good example now i'm like fuck that same with cursing right because some people called me out of my email list about oh you curse so much blah 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 actually it's not true i don't curse all that much but 
if I want to use the word fuck sometimes, then I'll use the word fuck. And if you don't like people who use the word, then you just should not follow these people. So that's just something. If you can do that from the get-go, that's that's going to make your whole life easier because it's also just about being honest, right? It goes right into your marketing. If you really if you really believe that the 7-minute workout app is horseshit, horseshit, then just say the 7-minute workout app is horseshit and we're going to make the 30-minute workout app because that's the real deal. If that's you what you believe with all your heart, then by all means, stand for it. And it's going to make everything clearer for your customer. Uh, it's going to give people something to talk about. Um, Ryan Holiday was on James Altucher's podcast about his new book, Perennial Seller, which is about how you make something that continues to sell for a long time. And he said, I think it's a quote from... I don't know, Stephen Pressfield or... No, I'm butchering it. Anyway, he said the best art divides the audience, right? Um, I actually think it was... I forget the name. It's Eminem's producer, legendary guy. Anyway, the best art divides the audience, right? The best products, the best companies do the same. So you either hate it or you love it. But if you feel indifferent to it, that's a problem. Because if no one cares about you because you're just not standing for anything... I think that's the worst problem you could have. You, I would rather have 70% of people hate me and 30% really like me and focus on those 30% than have 100% of people not care at all. So the second part, I actually found that on a website and I just Googled something like video software and that's what I found, right? Milestone systems. I mean, God, that was horrible. Just, I think in general, write like you talk and do that in all your marketing materials. That's a great piece of advice. Especially if you do online marketing, if you do social media, email, you do anything online and you talk to people B2C and even B2B. I mean, guess who works at at companies who, I don't know, let's say buy uh, steel tubing. Guess who works there? People. And you can talk to these people like they're people. You don't have to address them with, hi, Mr. Scenario, Sh- uh, this is... Uh, Nick from Steel Tubing Incorporated and we would like to propose to you blah 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 dude there's a dude there who probably eats a schnitzel for lunch and (laughs) you can just say hi I'm Nick I'm from this company here's what we do Uh, can I give you a call and explain more I think you could really use a product right (laughs) that's not complicated so don't cramp up when you do marketing remember in the end you're always working with people. And so you can talk like a normal person. Um, lastly, the long hours in meetings. I want to share an interesting tidbit. So I uh, did the summary of another book this week. It's called, I think, The Productivity Project by Chris Bailey. And he did something interesting. So he varied the duration of his work week from all the way down from 20 hours up to 90 hours. So one week he would work 20 hours and then 30 and 40 and so on. And what he found out in the end was that whether he worked for 20 hours or for 90 hours, he got roughly the same amount of stuff done. Now, why is that? Well, um, studies have shown that when you go beyond 50 hours uh, of work in in a given week or 60, you start to take longer to accomplish every single task. So after 60 hours, I think it goes up to double, right? So what takes you half an hour now takes you an hour. So you spend more time, but you're less productive, so you end up accomplishing the same. At the same time, if you go down to, say, 20 hours, then what you end up with is that you have so little time to accomplish stuff that you have to be really, really focused, and you usually will be, so you can enjoy your time off. 
So what did he do in the end? Well, he found out, hmm, I'm probably going to stick with the middle, right? Because it's less stressful than trying to cram everything into 20 hours and also less stressful and less threatening to my health um, than staying at the office uh, 24-7. So the 40-hour work week is actually not that bad. Second point on that, really, really important, minimizing meetings. A lot of startups, they do this thing called No Meetings Wednesday or pick any day of the week where you just have no meetings at all, uh, never, so people can just work on their stuff. And the other thing to consider is always consider the time and so the sort of man hours you want to say. I think that's a German term maybe. But the point is, if you get 10 people to a meeting and it lasts an hour, then that's not one hour, that's 10 hours because each person loses one hour. And also think, in, think of it in terms of cost, right? So if the head of marketing um, suddenly has to deal with fixing the copy in the footer of the website, that's no good, right? Because that's not a task a head of marketing should do. And if he spends that hour or she spends that hour on fixing that copy, that's a very expensive uh, way of fixing the copy because the intern could have done that, right? So, and they're paying the head of marketing much more than the intern. That's what I'm saying right so all of these ideas just i mean be aware of time i guess and and look into time and how people spend it in your company i think that's really interesting okay so these are my tidbits um again check out jason freed f-r-i-e-d on medium really cool guy really cool company company is called basecamp learn more about them ted talks everything available online go check them out and i hope to see you on the next summary